So I'll be reading Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and then after that, Proverbs 37 through 9. So, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what, sh what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And each day has enough trouble of its own. And then Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehoods and life lies far from me. Give me neither poverty. Goodness, I can speak today, I promise. Nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may, be may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Good morning. The, the picture that is up here. Raise your hand if you have seen that picture prior to just right now, today. How many of you had that picture in your house when you were growing up? You can picture the wall where it may have been placed. How many of you have it in your house right now? Yeah. Uh, a very iconic photograph that has turned into a painting. What do you see? And I, we, we don't have mics that are going to be passed around, but as you have seen that in the past, as you look at it now, what thoughts, what emotions, what attention uh, do you have to some of those things? So I, I welcome some, some different comments. What, what do you see? A kind gentleman praying before his meal. Furrowed brow, so some concerns that he has as he's praying. Scripture in the background, but pretty thick, right? Deeper than anything else that's in the book or in the picture as well. Glasses on the Bible, so he's been reading it. He's been, he's been active reading with that. And numerous things, numerous emotions that can be drawn. That painting is actually originally a photograph, and it's called Grace, was the name of the picture. Uh, it's a picture that was taken by Eric Enstrom back in 1918 in his photography studio in Bovee, Minnesota. Um, Enstrom's daughter, Rhoda Nyberg, then added color to that to create it as a painting in the 1940s. And the colored painting version has been reprinted and sold throughout the world uh, currently, it is public domain, and so we're going to continue to see it many, many times over in many different settings. And the man in the picture is Charles Wilden, 
who was a traveling salesman of that day who just happened to be in Enstrom's studio, uh, possibly trying to sell him some goods when Enstrom was kind of putting the photograph together in, in his mind. And, and, and this is a bit of a, an iconic picture. In, in 2002, the state of Minnesota actually established this as their state photograph. And from, from my brief investigation, I don't know of any other state that has a state photograph. There's state mottos, there's state birds, there's state animals, but I, I only know of one state photograph that's been there. And in, in a 2015 article, this was written of Enstrom's purpose in setting up the picture. It said, Enstrom composed grace to represent survival in the face of hardship. He later connected it to World War I and the heavy toll the trenches of Europe had taken on American lives, as well as the rationing faced by Minnesotans in the home front. In a 1961 interview, he explained his intention to capture an image that would inspire thankfulness in people who had endured privations during the war. By highlighting Wilden's devout posture and humble surroundings, he aimed to evoke the spirit of religious faith, thankfulness, and humility he associated with many of the newly arrived European immigrants to Minnesota. So those three words, faith, thankfulness, and humility. And as today we, we look at the phrase, give us this day our daily bread, what are we praying? Are we praying faith, thankfulness, humility? What do we envision as we say, give us this day our daily bread, as Wilden is very likely envisioning praying there? So what do we mean by that? I ran across a couple of sources citing that back in the biblical days when, when the disciples and those that Jesus would have been speaking to would have heard him saying, here's how you would be asked to pray or here's how you can pray. About 90% of the people in the Bible during that time would have been living hand to mouth, paid for work day by day, um, even finding food in many cases on a daily basis. And so that hand-to-mouth process was a bit of their understanding of how life happened. And so what the disciples and most people in those times would be praying would be quite a bit different than what we might envision day by day. We have refrigerators to hold our food and save it for tomorrow and next week in the freezers. Uh, we have salaries, we have weekly paychecks that may be coming in. We have bank accounts, we have savings held up for the future. We can provide for ourselves and our families in ways that back then they would have had no clue. They would have not even imagined that. And so we are very so much more self-reliant and able to take care of ourselves than ever before. And we can fall into that trap. We don't even need to leave the comfort of our homes to do most of what we feel we need to do. Um, we can shop for food and clothing. Amazon is awesome. It can be delivered to our doorstep. We can be entertained. Hulu, Spotify, I mean, you, you name it, any kind of streaming that we might want to do, we can do that. We can bank from home. You can deposit a check from home. 
And one of the blessings that we do have, we can attend a worship service from home. We can enjoy that. Okay, I mean, those are things that we can do from home. But people back then would have known very much about the Exodus 16 story with manna being supplied day by day as they roamed the wilderness. And in that gathering of manna, they didn't save anything up for the next day. It was day by day. And God was the one providing for them day by day. And it was provision for a community day by day. Now, one of the things, I, as, as I looked at this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, I started to think, okay, there, there could be five to ten different sermons just within that single phrase. No, I'm not going to do that many. But, but there are so many things that can be just narrowed down and focused in on and expanded. Um, but I, I want to use kind of three phrases that are part of this. The word us, the word this day, and the word bread. What do those mean in our faith walk? So, so first of all, us. When we pray, give us our daily bread, what do we have in mind? Am I thinking of how I might be nourished? How I can be best fed and sustained through my day, whether physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing for us to eat, to uh, maintain our health, to stay healthy, to eat, to drink. It's not a bad thing for rejuvenation of our spirit and empowering from God. As individuals, we do need to be fed physically, spiritually. Each of us needs to take care of our physical needs. Um, so, and, and what about spiritual needs? Um, I, I listed some spiritual nourishment that is available. Um, music. I mean, that's one of the things that I go to for nourishment as an encouragement. Devotional time. Bible reading. Those are important. Interaction with people. Discussion in our Sunday school classes, in Bible studies. Enjoying nature, activities. For me, that's going disc golfing. Being out alone and being able to just say, God, I have some quiet time. But, but one thing that struck me with this, Jesus didn't say, give me this day my daily bread. He said, give us this day our daily bread. And so there, there's an emphasis, I think, on community and what community means with that nourishment. So as you look to your left and your right in the pew, I think part of the question that we want to be considering is what does that individual need Today, physically, but also emotionally, spiritually, what does that individual need? One trap is that we start looking on just ourselves, a focus on me. What do I need? And, and that can be very self-serving. And that's the world's tendency. Take care of myself. And I lose a focus and a care for my neighbor. But I think what God's asking us to do is this, this question or this attitude, what can I offer of myself even as I am being nurtured by God and by the community? What do I have to offer to others? And I think it's actually a big circle. Because if I am in a loving, caring community, which I believe we are, if I'm looking to take care of my brother or sister in Christ, 
the body of Christ is going to grow and that body of Christ is going to be supporting and encouraging me as well, which strengthens me, which then allows me to support my brothers and sisters even better. And, and it's just a complete circle of support and prayer and surrounding of care and love. And, and I don't reach out to my brothers and sisters because I'm expecting something in return. Reaching out is what God is asking us to do from the beginning. Matthew 25, 34 through 40 says this, And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So that, I mean, that's, that's us being blessed. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. It's a natural part of what we should be doing. Maybe we're not even aware because if it's a natural thing, we just do it because that's what God has called us to do. And it's a natural pattern of our life. Now, I'll say we want to be intentional with that, but it's a natural pattern of our life to look to help and nurture those around us. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4 says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And I believe in both of these verses, there's a common, there's a bit of an assumption that we have possessions. God has blessed us with things that we can share. Maybe not a huge abundance, but we have things that we can share. And, and so we give, we share, and we don't keep track, we don't keep score of how many times I've given. We share with a heart that is giving, a heart that is blessing, because as God is blessing us, we're called to bless others. And so that, that phrase of us and our, I believe it, as, as we pray this, is a request for sustenance for my family, that I, I do want to take care of my family. But that's not where I'm stopping, and I'm not just focusing on that. I'm extending that care I'm looking for opportunities to help within the community of faith, within the community of neighbors around us that need help. And, and so maybe I, I rephrase or paraphrase that portion, saying, Lord, I need daily bread, but also give them, give those around me their daily bread through me. Let me be active in that process. So give us. The next phrase, this day, or each day. Um, I have a calendar that, that I keep to know what I could be doing and should be doing the next day, the next week. 
Um, some of you have it on your phones. I don't have it on my phone. I have a hard copy. Um, I'm still old-fashioned that way. But I have dates that I want to remember, dates that I want to keep, schedules that I, I need to be aware of. But, but here's a bit of my question. How far into the future should I be planning my events? How far into the future should I be planning my financial stability and taking care of stockpiling things and goods? How important are those dates that I'm setting? Am I willing to change those dates if all of a sudden God's got something else that pops up? Do I have that date set? Whatever that date may be, a week, two weeks, three weeks from now, I'm going to keep that date. But God may have something else. Now we have savings accounts, we have retirement accounts, things that we, we do need to have for responsible accountability for our family, for taking care of things. But how much trust am I putting on all of those plans for the future? How much do I rely on those? Am I focused on those so much that I lose track of what God might have for me to do today? interactions that I'm called to take care of today. Now, what do I need for today? Whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. And, and this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, I believe is a request and a statement of trust for God to not just take care of things that we need, we feel we need, but guard our hearts, guard our will, guide our energy, our needs for, for today. Lord, today is yours. How many of you know about fantasy football leagues? Okay. Fantasy football leagues would be a scenario where you have a draft. All the players are available in the entire NFL. And individually, I go through and, and you kind of take turns. You rotate through. But I pick individual players from any team I want to be on my team. And therefore, what I do then is that player, the number of touchdowns they score, the number of yards they gain, um, are given point values, and my team gains points. If they fumble, that may be negative points. So, so I have my players. And so week by week, I would be matched up with somebody else who has their set of players, and... Whoever has the most points from those fantasy points wins. Okay, so that, that's what fantasy football is. There's, there's fantasy basketball, baseball. I think NASCAR has a fantasy league. I think there may be even golf. Okay, so here, here's my point. I have watched individuals sit down and watch an NFL game. And they're watching the game, like many will do this afternoon. But they're not really worried about the score of the game itself. They're thinking about the points that their players are earning on the fantasy team. How in the world are you not watching the game that is right there, enjoying the ebb and flow of this game? That's the game. The fantasy football scenario is simply a secondary, something that's not the focus. But we have so many different ways that we can lose our focus or it gets misguided so where is my focus as I pray give us this day our daily bread am I thinking three weeks in the future or am I saying God today 
I'm trusting in you. Guide me. Lead me. There's a quote by D.A. Carson, a Bible scholar and author. He said, this prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. It is for one day at a time, reflecting the precarious lifestyle of many first century workers who were paid one day at a time and for whom a few days illness could spell tragedy. I mean, that, that phrase may have been incredibly important for what they were living. And I think we might miss it sometime because of what we can do with our self-reliant and our plans that we can make. Because of technology, we, we can make plans for the future that couldn't have been made before. So do I fall into a thought process where I feel I can take care of myself? I don't need to pray. I don't need to rely on God because I've got a freezer and a refrigerator full of food. I've got a bank account that's going to cover me for who knows how long. So I've got less that I need to rely on God. Proverbs 16.9 says this, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I've got my schedule and I think it's good to have those schedules, but how much am I relying on my schedule? Psalms 31, 14 through 15 says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. So, so it is a scenario of making sure that I'm trusting in God today. Tomorrow may not happen but I'm trusting in God today and then tomorrow and then the day after that. Chloe read this, and, and, and this, is, this is my favorite set of verses, Matthew 6, to 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, but for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And Wes made you know, comment to this as well. There are troubles that we face. But seek his kingdom first. And so each day as we wake up and every part of that day, I think we're to be asking God, what, what do you have for me today? Give me eyes to see needs. Give me the wisdom to know how to respond to those needs as they happen through the day. And then give me the hands. Give me the ability to carry out your will today. And then lastly, the, the word bread. Um, and, and I just wrote down the question, needs versus wants. What, what do I consider bread? Well, bread is a very simple food. In the picture, you know, you have the bread. You also see the soup. It's real simple. Uh, but it's substantial nourishment for around the world. The, the, the staples around the world would be bread, rice, corn, wheat, I mean, pretty simple. Now, those can be made into some pretty fancy foods. But the core of it is pretty basic. Bread. Bread contains energy and nutrition for the long haul. Uh, it's not empty calories. The prosperity gospel deals with this prayer. If I'm praying for something and I get it, that means then that God is good, right? Simply because I prayed and I got what I wanted. Well, no. It's not a matter of praying and then getting my wish list taken care of. God is good all the time. Not just when I get what I want. 
And maybe even what I feel I need. Maybe my need isn't exactly what God feels my need is. We're still asked to pray. We're still called to pray. God is good. Martin Luther had this quote. said, daily bread is everything that belongs to the support and wants of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, field, cattle, money, goods, a pious spouse, a pious children, pious servants, pious and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. All of those would be things that we can't provide for ourselves necessarily. God provides. Somebody else is is working within that scenario. But we're praying for God to intercede for ourselves and for our neighbors, for our community, to meet basic needs, to care for us physically, but also spiritually. Uh, Luther's comments about daily bread, I think, refer to physical health, but they also refer to community health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And the health of these require the proper bread. Am I eating food that is healthy for my body? I'm not sure that I've had chips in a very long time. I used to eat a a lot of chips. I like chips. Yeah, I don't eat chips anymore. I'll eat more peanuts. Um, I've reduced some of my salt. I try to eat more healthy, maybe a little bit less. But am I doing things physically that are helpful for my body? Is my community being nurtured? And am I helping in the nurturing of my community? Am I feeding on godly and biblical food for emotional and for spiritual health? Am I helping others feed on proper spiritual nourishment? Am I part of that community? And again, I go back to the the music, the devotionals, the, the Bible reading, the interaction with people, nature and activity. How am I nourishing myself with leading from God? How, how am I allowing God to be guiding where I'm getting my nourishment? And then making sure that I'm working with that in community. John 6.35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 15.5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, And I mean, those are two pretty straightforward comments on where our source of life, our energy, our sustenance should come from. Nourishment, insight, strength, wisdom, it's coming from the word, from Jesus Christ. So idols that I can throw in, I can throw myself in here, where instead of it being community, where it's us, I can make it about me. I can also make the future an idol where I am going to take care of that myself and I'm not relying on God to have input. I can make my possessions, my things, 
an idol. But what is important, what is vital, the sustenance comes from Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God has an idea of what we need. He knows. And he's got plans for us. So it's a matter of trusting day by day that he's got nourishment for us. So, so when we say, give us this day our daily bread, I believe it is a request of God to remove our greed, remove my idolatry that might occur and pop up. But I think it's also a statement of faith, thankfulness, and humility. I can't do it alone. I can't do it without God's help. And as I'm praying this, I'm also thankful for what God has done in the past, in my life, and in my family's life, in the, my forefather's life, in the church's life, wherever that may be. I'm thankful for that, and I'm recognizing that. It would be a statement of saying, Lord, I want to rely on you and you alone. You've supplied manna and bread in the past, both physically and spiritually. I can't do this on my own wisdom and on my own strength. Keep me steadfast in my search for truth through you, in your word, and your love of others. I need you today, tomorrow, and I need you the day after that. And as Chloe read earlier, the, the Proverbs 30, right in the middle of this, I, I don't know if you caught this, but here's what this says. It says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. And I think there's kind of three levels. If, you, if we don't have much, it's easy that I want to believe that, okay, more, if I have more money, if I have more of this, then life will be easier and I'll be happy. And, and it may make things helpful within this world, but that's not the cure. I may have enough. But just a little bit more is always nice, right? Well, again, that's, that's not the cure. And if I do have quite a bit, if God has blessed us with possessions that, that we are able to share, am I holding too tightly onto those things? Okay, that's, that's not there either. That's not the cure. All three of those settings, whether you have nothing, you have enough, or you have plenty, it all comes back down to the idea of are you relying on God or are you relying on what you have or what you'd like to have? What are we relying on? And so this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, I think is a way of saying, Lord, I need you. We need you. So give me, give us today and tomorrow and the day after that. Give us you and your holy word. Give us sustenance that takes us from one day to the next. Your holy word, the bread of life, so that we, as an individual, as a family, as a community, that we live a life that pleases you. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Let us rely on you day by day.